Welcome to Sustainable Photography. This is episode 42 and I'm your host Ingvild Kolnes. Today we're talking about submitting your work to get published. You're listening to Sustainable Photography, where you get support and education to build your profitable business in a way that supports your way of living. I'm Ingvild Kolnes and after 11 years as a photographer, I want to share what I've learned with you. So if you're looking for confidence, inspiration and to the point tips, keep listening. For full transparency, I also want you to know that I'm a mentor with paid offers and I might mention some of those in this episode. Janae Kirshner is today's guest. She's a wedding photographer, an educator and a podcast host. In her weekly podcast, Tea with Janae, she chats with wedding industry insiders who share their knowledge, experience and expertise directly with her audience. She's a dedicated business coach who offers one-on-one sessions along with submission curation services for wedding photographers. Go to teawithjanae.com to find out more and work with Janae. Hi, Janae. Welcome to Sustainable Photography. Hi, thank you so much for having me. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm excited to be here. I can't wait to chat. Yeah, I'd really love to know more about you and your background. And of course, I know you have a podcast, but I want you to introduce that and yourself to this audience as well. Yeah, thank you so much. So hi, everyone. My name is Janae Kirshner, and I am a wedding photographer, educator and podcaster. I'm located in the United States in New York City. Um, I shoot weddings all over, concentrated in uh, the Hamptons of Long Island, uh, New York City, up to Nantucket and Martha's Vineyard. And I've been photographing weddings for over 12 years. So it's been a journey, which is very exciting. And in about 2018, I started my educational side of my business, which was called Tea with Janae. So it started off as I don't know, like Instagram stories and then IGTVs. And then in 20, like probably the end of 2018, I started a podcast. So that podcast has really taken off and we're four years in a hundred plus episodes. Um, and it's wonderful. I get to speak with so many amazing educators in the, in the industry and our focus, sort of my, my mission statement is to help wedding photographers build profitable businesses with tangible tips and actionable advice. So with every show, I want you to feel like you've learned something new and you can take that and use it immediately in your business. So it's really been, it's been an amazing journey. And I, I love helping people with the podcast. And then I also do one-on-one coaching and I do this curations for submissions. So that is sort of a new leg of the business that happened last year where, you know, wedding photographers struggle to get their work featured and they don't know how to submit. And I've been very fortunate enough to be featured um, almost over a hundred times now. And I just kind of have a formula and, uh, and I just started putting that to use and now I help people do that. So um, it's very exciting how things happen. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely. I've been doing this for 12 years as well. So I think that's kind of funny that we're kind of the same there. And we're going to talk more about submitting and getting published today. And I'm really excited about that. But first, I also want to ask you what you think of a sustainable business, like what that looks like to you. Yeah, that's a great question. I was thinking about this. I think sustainability is maybe tied to longevity, right? Like I think that as a business owner, when you're starting out, you know, everything feels overwhelming and you don't know what to do. And like, where is your niche? Where do you want, where's your specialty? And I think 
a few years in, at least for me, I figured out after trying it all, you know, events, babies, I don't know, like weird photography, you know, like just doing all the things that I really wanted to be a wedding photographer. And that was where I really felt my happiest. And I knew that I could really excel there. So I think once I honed in on my niche and my passion and went all in, that has led to a sustainable long-term businesses. Cause I mean, I'm sure you've heard this, the line before is that most small businesses fail within the first five years. And to, for both of us to be here 12 years later, it's like, okay, we're doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It feels good to, to kind of hit that five-year mark and just be, just be going uh, upwards from there. Exactly. You're like, okay, whew, I made it, you know, and then we've been through a pandemic and that, you know, still, we're still in it, but, you know, coming out of that fog a little bit stronger and smarter, better contracts, like all of the stuff to make us better business owners it is very exciting. And I think, yeah, I think anyone listening, you know, they might be like, I don't know what my niche is yet. It's like, well, sometimes it takes a while for you to find it. So keep going. Yeah. I think trying to, to decide on that before you've tried different things that can be really hard. So I think definitely you should allow yourself to do different things in the beginning, even though everyone's telling you to find your specialty, which I definitely agree with, but don't be in a rush to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It takes time. I mean, what if you say you want to be a wedding photographer and then you shoot a wedding and you're like, oh my God, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not for everyone. Yeah. It's not for everyone. It's a, it's a lot of hard work, a lot of pressure. Um, it's so rewarding. You know, like the reward is, is really worth it. And then working with incredible clients and being part of their most special day is really, you know, for me fulfilling. But, you know, in the beginning I did event photography and I was like, oh, I hate this. I'm not a human camera. Like I am not, you know, I don't like that at all. So I knew for me that wasn't where I wanted to go, but I would only know that if I had, if I hadn't tried it, mm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And as I said, we want to talk some more about submissions and publishing and stuff today. That's like one of your big expert fields because as you said, you've been published over a hundred times. Yeah, big and small. <laughs> That's amazing. How how did you get to be so good at it? What And before we even get there, what is submissions and submitting and publications and stuff? What's it all about? Yeah, that, gosh, that's a good question. We could talk for hours about it, but I'll break it down so it's a little bit more bite-sized. So as a photographer or wedding planner, you know, we want, you work on a wedding for a year or so. And then after it's all over, what do you have left? You have your the photos from the photographer, probably maybe a, a wedding film from the videographer or the cinematographer team. And to, you know, it's all about marketing, right? We need to market ourselves and we want to put our brand in the right, in front of the right people so that we can get more business. And one of the best tools as a photographer or planner or vendor is to get featured in a online publication or in print. So that's what we mean by submitting. You submit your work to be considered by an editor to be part of that publication. So from early on, I kind of understood the assignment and I submitted on the beginning, I probably submitted everything I ever shot, right? <laughs> and starting way back when, they kind of took a lot too. So I think I have a lot of submissions under my belt because you know they were accepting a lot. It was all new back then. But as things progressed, the submissions got harder and harder because they were getting more selective and pickier and pickier. So I had to figure out how to navigate that process. And 
it's all, you know, there's like a couple different layers to it. You want to be, you know, you want to consider your brand alignment and like where you want to be featured because once you're featured in a place that isn't right, you know, you're already attracting the wrong couple. So you want to make sure that you're in the right space. So the right client is using that for inspiration and might connect with that and then reach out to you. And then also figuring out, you know, what editors like, what images they really gravitate towards and kind of figuring that formula out to help give your submission a a better chance of being picked up. You know, it really is a formula. It really is sort of a systematic approach. I mean, you definitely have to put some extras in there, but there is sort of a guide as to what you can include in there. And then hopefully, you know, you get picked up, you get featured, which means that you and everyone you've worked with, all the vendor team, they get to share the news, they get to share on their social media, you know, publish on their websites. And if you're the photographer, which which I am, everyone's linking back to you. (laughs) You know, like you're getting all of this sort of free Google juice, all this free SEO um, because you took the time to submit. So it really has a lot of benefits in the long run for your business and also creates really strong relationships with these vendors. I I have several vendors I've worked with over the years who are like, oh, we're so happy. We know that you submit for us because we want this to be featured or we'll talk about it beforehand too. So it can really create a really nice relationship with vendors that you want to work with. Mm. Have you found that it's also helpful? Like for SEO, like you mentioned, have you actually seen the effect of it? Oh, sure. Yeah. If you are familiar with Google Analytics, and uh, Google Console, you can go in and check your stats and you can see your referrals and where your referral links are coming from. And you'll see on a detailed view, it could be Stami Pretty, it could be Martha Stewart Weddings, it could be Brides, it could be wherever you're featured. And that is really the true power of the SEO from the submission. So that really is your return on investment. Mm, yeah, that sounds really good. I, I used to be a little bit active uh, submitting my work, but then I haven't for a while because I felt like, you know, I've had quite a few links coming in and I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm doing pretty good with my SEO. But it's fun though, when you get that good news back, like, yes, you're, you're getting featured. So it's a little bit of that as well. Totally. I don't think it ever gets old. I mean, I got... <laughs> I got I got accepted last week to a publication that I love and I'm like, "Oh yeah, this is exciting." And then I got to share the news with the vendor team and they're pumped. And it's really nice. And you know, the truth is I don't get featured as much now. Like I said, like, "Oh, you know, submission the wedding blogs and magazines, there's a lot fewer of them." Mm. So there's less outlets now. Print is almost gone in the US for weddings. I think we just have the not national. And so they used to have a monthly magazine or a quarterly magazine and those weddings, they would, you know, they maybe take 12 weddings a quarter. Now they take 12 weddings every six months. You know, like it's, it's a much harder space to get featured. So when you do, um, when you've got a really strong submission, it's very exciting and it, it, it never gets old. I love sharing the news with my clients like, Hey, you got picked up and they're always really happy. Yeah. Cause as you say, there are so many options. There's like magazines or online blogs anyway for like all sorts of kinds of weddings in different geographical places and all the things so how do you know where to send what and what do you send like even when you found like your style like for me Junebug has been like my that was my goal place to get featured so I was like okay trying to think like what kind of elopement I could send there but then once I had that it was hard to decide which things to choose. So 
how can you curate the right things to to submit? Yeah, gosh, that's a very good loaded question. <laughs> so there's kind of a few things you should think about with every submission. So I always tell my clients, and I have like a freebie and stuff like this, like five tips for submissions. So the first thing is to think about your style and where it will fit, right? So you want to do this brand alignment. So if you're a light, bright, and airy, you have plenty of blogs and uh, magazine outlets to to choose from, right? Like you want to match your styles is basically the answer here. You want to make sure your style matches the publication. If you're dark and moody, if you are middle of the road, you know, there are plenty of places to go, but let's say you're light and airy and you submit to someone like Junebug, right? You're probably not going to get picked up because they don't feature weddings like that. So you want to make sure that you're already checking the boxes that your style and aesthetic matches the outlet to which you are submitting to. So that really is the first tip. I think when you are putting your curation together, you're putting your submission together, a good rule of thumb, you know, everybody's different is, you know, you want to include 75% details, 25% the couple, you know, and I know that kind of sounds backwards, like, oh, don't you want more of the, what, the bride and the groom or the bride and the bride or the groom and groom? It's like, actually, no, <laughs> because they only are going to use maybe 30 photos max and maybe a couple are, the, are of the couple. But the rest are really of the decor, of the details, of the space, of the venue, because it's used for inspiration. You know, they want to inspire their readers to plan their own wedding or give them inspiration from their outlet. So having more details to the client photos is actually really key. I mean, and also, you know, they want to feel emotion. They want to see, you know, true feelings. They want to know the story. So you want, you know, the third tip is to include images and content like copy that explains this wedding really accurately. You know, when they open up the file or folder, sorry, excuse me, to look at your images, they want to know the whole story from start to finish. So be sure that your images tell the story from start to finish and include emotional images, include important details, include things that are special to the couple, to your client. And if you're the planner, you know, like let the photographer know like what really mattered to them and like the seating chart or, you know, why is it this way? Like you want to make sure it's like a well-rounded story and that will help the editor who is the ultimate decider, <laughs> you know, like if they like it or not. It sounds a little bit complicated because there's a lot of things you have to think about to, to get it right. But you actually help people do this. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So I know it sounds a little overwhelming, but I, I swear it's really not that, it's not that bad. <laughs> and, you know, I help people. So this is why I help people do this because they are overwhelmed. They don't know where to start, you know, looking at a wedding gallery of 800 to a thousand pictures, you know, how do you pick your top 100 if you don't have a roadmap of to what to include? So I have my own roadmap that I just kind of have a tally in my head of what they're looking for. And I just pick those images and then call it down. So it's a top 100 really of the best images that you want to submit. And I always tell my clients, any image you include in a submission, if you were to take it out and blow it up as a billboard in Times Square, would you be proud of it? So I would never include anything that you're not proud of. Even if you're like, oh, they need a hundred. Like, well, it's better to have a smaller submission, like 80 images of 80 images of your best work 
versus a hundred images and 20 of them stink, right? Those 20 images will hurt your overall submission. So I think it's like a little bit of a mind mindset and mind shift too. It's like, oh, you just want to include your best work. And I think that really is a, a good sort of note in the back of your brain. Because what happens is, <laughs> to be honest, if you have a submission and you submit it and there's like two or three images you don't really like, those always are the ones that they put on the front page or like they're at the top of the submission. So do yourself a favor and just take them out if you hate them. <laughs> yeah, I actually think that's a good guideline to go with, even when you're just delivering images to your clients, like to curate well, because you always include some just like, oh, maybe they're going to like this one. And that's always the one they end up using as their like um, profile photo on Facebook or something like that. And it's like, no, why did you choose that one? So it's like, just give away pictures that you actually like. And if you know one of your photos isn't that good, just leave it out. <laughs> yeah, they'll never know. They'll never know. And and I totally agree. It's like the one picture like, yeah, all right, I'll put it in. It's always a thank you card. You're like, oh my God, this is not what I would have chosen. <laughs> Because we have a lot of power in our work as photographers to actually tell the story of the day. So I feel like a big part of our job is actually curation and deciding what they're going to see and remember. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Janae will be right back with more valuable insights on submitting. Remember that the Sustainable Photography Facebook group is always open. You can post your questions and takeaways from the podcast in there. Just search for Sustainable Photography on Facebook or check the show notes for the link to join. What about when you actually work with someone? What, what's your process like, like when you help out? Oh, sure. Yeah. So I offer three types of services. So I do from the lowest, it's a done for you curation. So people will send me a gallery and I'll curate a hundred or less of their best images. I send them a quick 10 minute video with some edits and some suggestions. I'll send them a suggestion of where to submit, where I think it's a good fit. Like I've done the work to, you know, profile match, like where they would be, you know, considered um, with a better, you know, likeness of getting accepted. And that's kind of like, we never talk, we just email. And then the second, the next one up is a one-on-one -on -one curation. And this is the similar where they send me the gallery, I'll curate it for them. But instead of sending them a video, we spend about a half hour together on Zoom. So we do a real-time curation and real-time edits. and well, Not real-time edits, but real-time feedback. And then they get to ask me any questions that they want during that time. So it's really beneficial. It's kind of like a mini coaching session um, in real time. And then the, the top tier is, um, it's called a done-for-you curation and submission. So this is where I work for you basically, and I submit on your behalf. So you'll send me the gallery, you'll send me a write-up, you'll send me all the vendor information, and then I will curate, I'll put it together, and I'll write up a blurb from like your basically basic outline of like the important stuff, and then I will submit to your choices on your behalf. So for people who don't have time, it's really great because they're just like, here's my wedding, I love it. I think I should go in brides, maybe Martha over the moon. And then here's all the information. So I'll, I'll do that. And then I'll submit on their behalf up to five times. And then after that, then, then it's, it goes back to them um, and they can continue. But usually, I mean, I could kind of get it. I have a good sense of stuff. So hopefully we get it in like two or three times, if not the first time. But I do 
it's like a stupid, not a stupid stat, but like from my clients, I have like a 50% success rate. So half of my clients get featured, which is great. You know what I mean? And again, at the end of the day, it's up to the editor. Like it's not up to me. I can only help you so much, but yeah, it's, it's exciting. I get so excited when they get featured and they're excited. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Well, as I said, I used to submit my photos a few years back and it's a lot of work to keep track of like, where have I sent it in? Where can I send it to next? Oh, I need to follow up with this one. And yeah, so I understand because it, it does take a lot of time as well. Yeah. I mean, some of them can take a couple months, right? Because some outlets take 60 days to even get back to you. So, you know, I could be working with a client for six months before we find out that they are not submitted, you know, are accepted or, you know, they get accepted right away. And then it's like, all right, we're done. That was fast. So they all kind of change. Everybody's different. Every wedding is different, but I think it's also good because I'm submitting so often now I have a lot of contact with editors so they can say, oh, we're full right now. We're not accepting anything new. It's not a reflection of this person. Just our editorial content is like done. Or, you know, they're like, oh, we're not featuring weddings that are this color palette right now. So I kind of have like an insider's guide just like in my brain of like what editors are looking for. So that makes it helpful too. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. But as you said, you've been published over 100 times and you've been doing this for so long. I'm sure you must have made some mistakes along the way. Can you can you share some of your learning experiences? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, my, my submissions have been featured, like it ranges from an image in a gallery on a blog, you know, like a single image to a full feature on online. I've had a couple of magazine covers, which is very exciting. And now maybe I'm featured two or three times a year with a regular online blog. But in, in doing so many submissions and having, and, you know, being featured a lot, I've definitely made mistakes, (laughs) you know, like I've definitely submitted things that I wasn't proud of. I definitely didn't follow my own advice that I would have given myself now where the style wasn't right, or, you know, I didn't include all my best work or I didn't have the right ratio of details and stuff like that. Or I was submitting the same style of wedding maybe that they had just featured and it's like well they just did that they're not gonna do it again but I think another big mistake is getting the editor's name wrong you know if you'd submit directly to them you know I did it a couple years ago I called her Sarah her name was Heather and she's like my it's not Sarah it's Heather I was like oh my gosh I'm so sorry you know (laughs) like you want to make sure you get those little things right and make a good impression from the beginning I think another big mistake if you submit via Dropbox or online gallery, I don't think I've ever done this, but it's a, it's a mistake to avoid is that if you send them a gallery, make sure there's no password, make sure it's open. Because if you send them a password protected gallery, you're automatically creating this barrier that they have to get through. They have to go to your email, get the password, put it in and you know, don't make them annoyed. Like just have it open. You can make it private you know, Dropbox link, it's not going to be for anybody else to see, but them. Uh, And that, you know, that's a good tip too, you know, just making it really easy for the editor to quickly review your work because they get hundreds of uh, submissions a day. You know, I'm sure they do, especially we're kind of in a submissions boom and, you know, they've got a lot of work to do. So let's make it easy, easy for them. Mm, Yeah, that's definitely true. 
what if someone's struggling a lot with like they're trying to submit but they keep just getting rejection after rejection do you have any advice for them yeah i mean i think if you keep getting rejected you know i think you have to be honest with yourself and just look at the caliber of work you're creating you know i no one ever wants to say it's me but it might it might be you <laughs> And I don't mean that in a rude way. I mean that in a positive way because you only grow from understanding where you're struggling. And that is myself too. Like, you know, I realized that if, you know, I think I've been featured in Martha Stewart two or three times and I, I always submit to them and I get turned down a lot. And, you know, that's okay because once I get my yes, it's very exciting. But if you want, if your aspirations are to be featured in Martha Stewart, you know, you definitely want to have perfectly styled detailed photos. You want to put in the time to make these detailed photos sing because that's what they really like. You know, like that's just understanding the publication and understanding what they normally feature. If you're someone who doesn't do detail shots and it's not important to you as a photographer, you know, then I wouldn't be upset if you got denied because that's what they want. So you have to also understand what the publication is looking for. So if you have, you know, I think if you keep getting denied, if you're rejected over and over again, another great thing to do is ask the editor for feedback. You know, you can always reply to them and say, thank you so much for your consideration. You know, I'm disappointed not to be featured or accepted. You know, could you share any feedback for me? I would love to know your thoughts. And I did this a lot with rejections and I still do it to this day. If you can't, take constructive criticism, you know, you're never really going to grow. I went to art school. I have art degree and you got beat up a lot <laughs> in critiques. And as much as it stings, it also helps you grow. So they're always kind. They're never mean. It's never personal. But if they write back and they say, oh, you know, we just, the style isn't a match for us, or we featured a wedding at this venue recently, or this color palette is um, out of season or we're working on winter content, you know, having information is always going to help you grow. So I, I always ask for feedback when I'm denied. Yeah, that's a very good tip. I also found that when I was kind of getting started trying to submit, it's not like I had that many weddings to share that I felt were that great because I've, you know, been working my way up. Then I just started with like some maybe more local blogs and ones that weren't so big like starting small because different publications have different uh, stages of like what what they will accept yeah no i agree with that i think i think regional and local blogs are very important just as national and international blogs are important and have different audiences so for me i always like to say let's aim high and then we'll work our way down <laughs> You know, because what's the worst that can happen? You know, they say no, they say no. But if you work, if you work from the bottom up, what if you have a great wedding and you don't really know it and then it gets accepted to a place that doesn't have a big reach or doesn't have a big audience? You've kind of shot yourself in the foot. But if you do the reverse, you know, you could land maybe somewhere in the middle. That would be your bottom moving forward. Yeah. So that would be, that's my advice. I always say, let's aim high. And if they say no, so what? Yeah, I like that. And especially because most of the bigger 
publications, they want to be exclusive. They want to be like the the place where if you've already been published somewhere, they usually won't accept it. Isn't that right? Correct. Yeah. So another good thing to do is go to the outlet's in, uh, website. They usually have a page dedicated to submissions. They'll give you their guidelines and their rules and what they want you to submit, the file sizes, and then they'll talk about their exclusivity. So some like Ruffled or Hey Wedding Lady or Carrots and, you know, not, no, not Carrots and Cake, but some publications are exclusive only. So they want first rights. So I know brides, like you can't share anything until it goes live. And then you can't even share on your own website till 30 days after it's gone live on their site. So there are like stipulations, but then you have a outlet like Carrots and Cake where they're non-exclusive. So they don't care if it's been featured anywhere else. They'll still feature it if it matches their own aesthetic. So that is actually a great tip to get more out of one publication. So if you get featured in an exclusive first, I always recommend going to a non-exclusive afterwards. So you, you know that somebody liked it because it already got featured. Let's try another outlet. And then you get more exposure to a brand new audience. That's more marketing, right? Free marketing for you. That's another hopefully social media post on Instagram or Facebook or Pinterest. You know, there are so many outlets, right? For you to be found and be seen. And, you know, they, that, that saying it takes seven or maybe it's nine times now. I think they made it more, you know, nine times for someone to see something to actually get it. So the more time you are shown in front of a client, a potential client, like they might remember you at the last time. And that could be on this non-exclusive blog. That That's a really good point. And it's a really good strategy to have to start with the exclusive one and then work your way down, so to speak. Yeah, totally. But you are an educator. You have your own podcast. What is it about helping others to get their work published that kind of fires you up? Why do you want to do that? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I think it's it's really exciting. <laughs> I like I like using something that comes easy to me. Like I find submissions easy. And I like helping people who struggle with that and then I like getting them featured. You know, I feel like it's I'm helping them in their businesses in a really direct way, which I was never able to do before. But I, mean, I coach people, but you know, not everybody can sign up for coaching. I can only coach so many people. <laughs> So it's nice to actually help them with a, like a direct issue. Like I, I can't do this and then help them and get them going on the right foot. And either they submit on their own and then I, you know, keep track of them and I ask them how they're doing every couple months and hopefully they're featured or I'm doing the hard work and I'm doing all the late work. And then I get to tell my client they got picked up and that's very exciting. So I feel like good job. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I like it. It's, it's helping people. and. I like helping people. Mm, yeah, that's really nice. Okay, so we're just taking a quick break now just so I can introduce myself. I'm Ingvild Kolnes and I help talented but overwhelmed photographers to get back in touch with the artist that they want to be. That way they can book dream clients and not worry so much about the business side of things. I use my seven-step program to support photographers in building their confidence and setting boundaries so that they can make a living from their creativity. Come on over to the Facebook group and let me know what you need help with right now. So what if this conversation has inspired someone to think that, oh, I, I want to try to get my work published as well? Where can they or where should they start? 
Well, I think they should look at their work and figure out what, if you don't know what kind of photography you produce, I was trying to figure that out. You know, if you're light, bright and airy, if you're dark and moody, if you're, you know, in the middle editorial photographer, are you moment led driven photography? What is your style? Um, what do you produce for your client? And then I would research outlets that are matched for you. And I would make a list of your top five or 10 publications that you aspire to be featured on. And then I would go to those five publications and figure out what their submission rules are and what they want from you. And then I would work backwards from there. Yeah, great tip. And I also want to ask you what you would recommend to build a sustainable business. Oh gosh, that's a good one. (laughs) I think um, to build a sustainable business, I truly think it's all about systems. So in the beginning of the episode, we talked about, you know, what do I think it takes? Like, I think it takes, you know, finding your niche and finding your passion and like going all in on that. And that will help you have a long business, like longevity. And I think to build a sustainable business, it's all about systems. And I think you can always invest in a great CRM, client management software. I use 17 hats. Um, A lot of my friends use Dubsado. There's Tave. Like these systems will help you run an efficient business where you are managing your client expectations. You're meeting your deadlines. You are reliable photographer. (laughs) And like that will help you have a sustainable business because I don't know about you, but when I hear someone complain about another photographer and I don't know who it is and they say, oh, we had our wedding and we're seven months ago and we're still waiting for our images. Like I get so upset for them because, you know, like I do, I have my own guidelines and what I like to do. I, what I tell my client and what I do are two different things, right? (laughs) Like there's surprise and delight in there. So I just think having systems for your clients, for how you deliver your images, how you back up your files, how you even have your inquiries come in, like processes to me will help you have a sustainable business. I definitely have to agree. And I remember before I got my CRM, which is Dipsado, I just had like an Excel spreadsheet, which worked fine for me for years, but it, it can get to that point of like, there's too many weddings to keep track of. There are too many dates. There's too many things that needs to get sent out. And I just had that worst feeling, like when a client had to like follow up with me and ask like, oh, we're getting close to our date. Shouldn't we start talking about this or this? And it's like, yes, that email was supposed to go out last week and it hasn't. And it's just such a shame because because we're the professionals. We're the ones that are supposed to be there for our clients. They shouldn't have to keep chasing us down. So I, yeah, systems are definitely the way to go. Yeah, 100%. I think it's so funny because I used to have an Excel sheet, sticky notes, a notepad, and then it was, what email do I have to send out today? Maybe I'll make a whiteboard. And I finally was like, you know, this is ridiculous. Let's just invest in a CRM and get, you know, it takes a while for it to get set up. But there are actually people now that do this. At the time, they did, they were not around. So I would definitely recommend hiring someone who is a professional. And like, I think you can be Dubsado certified. Like, you know, you can, you can find someone like that. Um, but once you get it going, 
I mean, it's like clockwork. So it's really nice. I, I don't think I can function without it. <laughs> no, I ha- I have no idea how I did it. I started with just a, a notebook and then I was like, oh, I should get like a board from my office or something like that. And then I started with my Excel spreadsheet. And then someone told me about CRMs, which which weren't even available here in Norway. So it took a few years before I could even get one. And then everything just changed once I got that. And it just felt like, like I was freer to do more of other things than just remembering myself what was next for my clients. <laughs> because it takes up space in your brain that you could otherwise use for other things. <laughs> yeah, you can make more money. <laughs> you could do more jobs. Yeah, I think it's, it's sort of, you know, you can work on your business instead of working in your business. And that really is the key here, you know, and we could talk about outsourcing and all that other stuff. But once you get the basics down, you can really grow. And I feel like that really is the key. You know, people miss it. But I think if you maybe the one takeaway you get from this whole episode is get a CRM and that would be good enough because actually I use my CRM for submissions. You know, like I, after each wedding, I'm like, do I want to submit this? Like, is it, you know, is it a good enough wedding? Like, is it going to fit in the space? And if I check the box and I know that my next task is to submit it, is to curate it. So I use it that way too. Like it really just keeps me organized and keeps me focused. And you were saying about, you know, the following up and stuff. I put that in my CRM, you know, like follow up with so-and-so in two weeks. Yeah. It all goes in there. It's the, it's the gatekeeper for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's a great takeaway actually. And I'm sure that whoever is listening would love to know more from you. I mean, you have your own podcast and you have to talk about that a little bit as well so that everyone can listen to that and find you on social media. So where do we go? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. I hope you guys um, enjoyed today and I would love to have you come on over and listen to my show. It's at uh, twitchanae.com. That's the website, but we're on every platform. So you can just type in twitchanae. Hopefully there'll be a link in the show notes. You could just swipe on up <laughs> and get that. Um, you can just go to twigene.com. You can see the services I offer. We do coaching. We have the submissions. And then I'd love to hear from you. So you can follow us at twigene on Instagram. And then if you want to see my photography work, uh, it's at janaekirshner.com. And then I'm at janaekirshner on Instagram. So they're all kind of linked to one another. So if you go to one, there's a link to the other. So hopefully you'll come and visit and say hi. I'd love to hear from you. Great. And I'm going to be sure to link to your freebie as well. Oh yeah, definitely. I have this great freebie, uh, five secrets to uh, submissions. And it kind of goes over a little bit of what we talked about today, but it's in written form and some people learn better reading things. And uh, yeah, it's great. It's just a little guide, you know, five things to help you kill your next submission. And I hope you guys have success. I can't wait to hear if you submit and if you use the tips. So please keep me posted. Mm, Yeah. Thanks so much, Janae. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Sustainable Photography. Head over to Instagram at Ingvild Kolnes to tell me what you want future episodes to be all about. Check out the show notes over at ingvildkolnes.com slash podcast. You can learn more about the Sustainable Photography program and sign up for the waitlist there. To get more of this content, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Your support makes all the difference. Talk soon.